Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the crossover for the week of July 17th, 2017. This is episode 327. We've got a fun one in store for you. We're going to be talking about San Diego Comic-Con. That's right, the event that everybody looks forward to once a year is coming up this weekend, and there will be an Ivan Reitman IDW panel. We're going to discuss what we think is going to happen there. We also have some Answer the Call news, some Void acquisition news. It's going to be a fun one. Stay tuned. Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! It's been two and a half years. Yeah. Now you tell me. Yeah, you can say no. You were never a prisoner, Mr. Stewart. <laughs> the door was always unlocked. <laughs> You're not you a prisoner. Any time. Come on. All am you had am to I do was you click, your, click your heels together. Ay, ay, ay. I, I like uh, in the rundown that you sent me back, uh, our intro was blah, blah, blah with the... Uh, <laughs> Dracula from Hotel Transylvania. Well, I don't say serious, blah, blah, blah. You, Well, yes, that's how, because when I write it up, I know it's a thing that you put together later. I'm never there for that. <laughs> this is how the sausage is made, is that when Troy talks by himself at the beginning of an episode, I'm nowhere near that. Yeah, you just do it later, about the time you're editing and cleaning up and cutting and all that. So <laughs> when I do a rundown in the place where it's supposed to be Troy's opening, I just put blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. Well, but that's it. we're doing we're doing that right now though. This is this is the intro. This is, is this the, warm the up. intro. Oh, well, yeah, I totally is, this blah, is blah, us blah. warming up. I mean, the people listening to this right now don't know that they're like, oh, these guys were just in the middle of a conversation and we just happened to tune in and <laughs> blah 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 blah. <laughs> blah. <laughs> we'll just start an episode with that and everybody. You want to like, know? Oh, you guys have really yeah. lost it. You really have nothing to talk you really, about. Now. You got nothing to talk. I have something to talk about. Uh, 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 Wink, Wink Martindale. Is that his name? I don't, I don't know what you're talking the, about. Maybe? The game yes. show host. Yes. I don't know. I still don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he was on this week's uh, Gilbert uh, Godfrey uh, podcast. Okay. Wink um, Martindale. Yeah, it's quite Wink quite behind. Yeah. Dude's like I don't know in his 80s. Yeah. He sounds the exact same as he did in the 60s. Like it's. Uh, I hate voice guys. <laughs> Shadow Stevens punched that yeah. guy in the face. Well, Gilbert Gottfried had Rich Little on, and, you know, Same he's, he's got to be, like, 90-something at this point, right? Like Rich Little, not so much. I think he's in his 80s, like, solidly in his so, early okay, 80s. Okay, 80s. But, uh, yeah. Because I thought but, he was older uh, than he actually was. But Well, because we, we, we think anybody that was vaguely around in the Dean Martin roast era, that they were all Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra <laughs> age, but they weren't, right? True. Like, he, Rich Little would have been the middle-aged young kid. He was the kid uh, making part fun of the, of the old curve. guys. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, no. Hmm. Anyways. Anyway. So that means that our voices will never grow old. We've, we've oh, no. found the fountain of youth. They will. Oh. Because we, we're not taking care of them. No, no, no. We're all. definitely... I mean, we say that this is a warm-up on our rundown, but we're definitely not doing any vocal warm-ups. No. We're not doing stretches for our... I started it. I was on the radio today. Oh, you did? What, what yeah. were you on the radio for? What was happening? For the company? 
No, I'm free. I'm free comedy for the the morning di- the Jack FM, the local Jack FM affiliate. Ah, okay. Because I drive, I'm always there in the middle of their drive time, and I'm driving uh, the wife and child uh, to their prospective places, and often they'll say something, and at a red light, I'll quickly text them in something. And a couple times now that they called me and put me on the air. So <laughs> there's no money in it. Oh, that's funny. No money whatsoever. But uh, yeah, that was that was how I started my day. I got up way too early for a meeting that fell apart within like uh. ten minutes. Because the people who called it went, you know what? Let's just change a few things and come back and look at it next week. And I went, uh, <laughs> but I did get on the radio. So well, that's good. I didn't. Uh, Jack FM <clears throat> down here, they don't. Uh, they don't have hosts. Like, there's no DJs. It's all like a pre-recorded thing. Uh, yeah, with the, the voice guy. Yeah. It uh, it started out that way. They were all like that, but. Um, I guess they basically look at their market and then decide what they need. So in LA, I mean, you guys got a lot of stations down there. We got a There's lot, lot of, of stations to cover. Yeah. So frankly, the money may work out that you just sell ad time and don't pay human beings, and right. just the the computer spits it out. Because I've have you seen those? Um, yeah, the they're, studio. They're ridiculous, like robot. Uh, it's like iTunes on steroids. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's super super. Uh, 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 computer, yeah. Uh, but and it started that way here, but I think in certain markets, if they get the crap kicked out of them at the wrong times, I think maybe they'll they'll just decide that well, this market doesn't respond unless there's a human there. So we'll hmm. yeah, interesting. We'll do it. Yeah, well, LA doesn't so. respond to humans, so it's fine. That's why our our market research shows that people don't care about humans and. They would prefer the computer. (laughs) Yes. What is the last project that you worked on? What are you wearing? Error, error. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. um, All right. Well, we got. uh, Where did this go? I don't know. We we got lots of good Ghostbusters talk coming up. So let's just do that. Let's get into that. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, let's start with uh, our good friends at The Void because they have some huge, huge news. Uh, this very, very <laughs> exciting for them. I'm sure that wherever they are right now, they're in day three or four of uh, champagne toasting. I was about and, to say, uh, the news is money. Yeah, they're they're swimming in their Scrooge McDuck vault, and rightly so because they've developed an excellent product. But uh, So if you haven't seen it, The Void has been selected as part of the Disney Accelerator program. So what that is is... Uh, they pick a few uh, developing technologies or or products or things that they sort of spark to that they see a lot of potential in and they help invest them. Like they give them grant money basically to continue what they're doing. This is the same program that helped uh, Sphero rocket to great heights. And then of course they had the tie-in with BB-8 and yeah. the rest is history. Everybody at Sphero is also doing the nothing but champagne toasts and swimming in their Scrooge McDuck vaults. So uh, it's, it's, um, good. it's good news for the void. Very good news. It's kind of it's smart, smart business. Like you don't want to buy into something that's going to fall apart on you, right? Yeah. So you sort of buy in a little bit, which means then down the line you've either got enough foot in the door that if it pans out, you jump in and grab it. Uh, if you if it pans out, but somebody else throws more money at it, you get some of it. 
Yeah, because <laughs> you you're sure. You get part yeah, of the it's cut. an investment. There's a, there's there's no there's no downside here. But the, it's funny once because uh, I you saw the news first and sent it to me, and I looking at it slapped my forehead and went, "Of course." Yeah, it makes so much why, sense. Why wouldn't Disney want this all over the parks? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's this, uh, the virtual dark ride becomes something entirely different now with their technology, and yeah, absolutely. And I mean, think about it: who's got the space and the money to to reconfigure and retool at the drop of a hat? You know what I mean? Like the yeah, yeah. those those uh, those uh, parks. That's yeah. There's a lot they can do there, and so yeah, this makes perfect sense. They're like fine tune it, simplify it, because I think the thing right now that they, if I had to put money on it, the thing they're kind of looking at and going is. It's a slow turnaround. Do you know what I mean? Like you have your lineup, the people show up, and then you gotta get people in their rig. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, yeah. There's a little bit of lead up time. There's a little bit of tutorial time. There's yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit different than you know sitting in a thing and away you go. <laughs> Keep your hands inside. Done. <laughs> Off you go. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. What do they call them? Crowd crowd eaters or crowd absorbers or something like that? Like those something big like giant. Yeah. You know dark rides that have 10,000 people on them at any given point. Yeah. But uh, the this technology, though, could be hybridized with that really easy. Can you imagine going through uh, a haunted mansion where the virtual helmet is projecting yeah. the, oh my the God. stuff in there? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's that's the question. So what does this mean? I mean, it's it's good news for Disney, obviously, because they're acquiring this excellent technology that I'm sure is patented and uh, you know, they, they can't replicate without purchasing it. But at the same time, what does it mean for Ghostbusters? That's the question. Now, I would wager because this press release that The Void put out, it ends with their excitement to reveal what's next for them. Yeah. Um, and we know that they're opening these entertainment centers or, you know, it's uh, like our, our Bolero, which is right down the street. Uh, they've got this like laser game that you go into and it's like... Um, uh, you know, like the uh, entrapment or like all of the big theft movies where they've got the uh, lasers that uh, hover over and you've got to like crawl around them and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's that's their answer to it now. But can you imagine that being a void experience? What if you walk in there and they've got a miniaturized version of something or maybe it yeah. is the Ghostbusters dimension or, or something I like that? I don't think this really affects Ghostbusters at all. I think the worst case scenario is... 10 years down the line, they cancel their contract with Madame Tussauds and it right, just right. fades away sort of thing. But, um, I mean, Disney's just in to, to throw seed money at them. And that seed sure. money, uh, for Ghostbusters, is a good thing in the short term because it means they now have more money. See, what Disney wants, it, it the word was right there, accelerator program. Yeah. And you accelerate by expanding out and improving your technology as fast as you can. So now they've got all this backing to roll it out into yeah, cities. Yeah, exactly. And they already had an ambitious rollout because they were talking dozens of cities in the next year or so, right? Which like, costs money. You have to, you know, you have yeah. a rent or buy that property. You've got to put the equipment in there. You've got to make the equipment for it. You got to build the That's sets. Right. So, so their yeah, ability to roll out into cities around the world just kind of, you know, doubled, tripled. Who knows? Yeah. And so that means in the short term, we're <laughs> screw you, Toronto. It's coming here soon. <laughs> <laughs> the the Ontario Ghostbusters who uh, tweeted tweeted at us and they were there they did a Periscope live uh, at the rec room in Toronto and and it looks like they had a really great time but uh, called they threw called some you shade at you for, what huh they they threw some shade at you they, you you sounded like you're trying to be nice you I was just gonna sort say of like, they they called us out 
Um, you were trying to you were trying to give him some some friendly advice as somebody who's there first, which you didn't should have thrown back. You're like, well, I'm in the cool town, so <laughs> I uh, I got to see it before you guys, so don't be yeah. jerks about it. But, yeah, it's uh, fine. <laughs> smart Alex. But they, resp- they responded back. They're like, we think we got it handled. It's like, well, okay well, then. All right then. Fine. No sense of humor, people. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so at any rate, we I love you guys. Tr- hope you don't stub your toe or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it means it's just, it's great. It means it's going to roll it everywhere. They've made, got this deal with uh, uh, Sony. So Ghostbusters is now going to be all over the place. Uh, frankly, and depending on the way the deal's structured, it, all it may mean is that at some point, Disney buys on board the company and they may not be that interested in, in you know, outside of the park exclusivity as far as disney may see it like they may let it just keep running because outside of anaheim what does it matter right like yeah, they'll exactly. make some money let it trickle in some money pay off the 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 investment we we made uh, a little bit and at the same time we'll just incorporate the latest and greatest version into our parks and you have to come to the park to go try yeah, it yeah you have to do the at, at star wars land you can do the entire experience that's uh, 10 times bigger than the ghostbusters experience or something like that yeah. But yeah so yeah you're right it's good news for this because the software is already in place the hardware is already in place and when they open these centers they need something to populate it with so yeah ghostbusters will probably be the go-to which is excellent uh ghostbusters theme park in every town that's that's the dream right starting with vancouver starting with vancouver and then then la um sorry but uh, fine we'll flip a coin <laughs> who goes first that's right Roshan you and i are gonna flip a coin and then we'll have to inform the void that it's legally binding <laughs> yes exactly exactly so um all right so let's move on we've got a, a comic-con we've got a bunch of comic-con stuff coming up here but there's a, a little one that snuck under the radar here at the last minute um scott campbell who if you're not familiar with him he's done a lot of these uh, great confrontations uh they're like little just sketches, but like almost they feel like they're postage stamp size too. So he's got the very stylized characters and it's yeah. uh, great matchups. Great. Uh, it's Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and uh, R- Richard Dreyfus and Jaws. And, and he, he really puts these two characters together. Um, so all of these small drawings that made quite an impact at gallery 1988 and slash film, he's like the golden boy of slash film. They post all of his artwork over there. Um, but the Venkman and Slimer drawing that he has done uh, is becoming a very ultra rare exclusive San Diego Comic Con set. Uh, yes. Two two figures. Slimer glows in the dark. They both look exactly like the Scott Campbell artwork. Um, but it's going to set you back a hundred bucks, which yeah. <laughs> for I mean they look like they're small figures, and there's only two of them i mean it is it's i think it's limited to like a handful of items which leads do you think it's handmade do you think these are like each one has been hand sculpted why are they a hundred bucks that's what i can't figure out no 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 because they're only making 50 of them oh they're okay they're making 50 of them that that's why so the run is not a a mass production enough exactly okay so they're not gonna they're not handcrafted I, i mean this is the one step away from handcrafted because it means yeah. that you know some tiny little uh you know shop somewhere is going to pump you know got the mold going to pump out 50 of them done sort of thing but yeah it's, and, uh, and pay for the, for them to be on the mold for half a day or whatever yeah, yeah. And um, who knows i don't hmm. even know what it's made of for all we know these days they just put it in a 3d printer and <laughs> press 50 and away you go yeah and out they spit sort of thing but uh no uh, i am super keen <laughs> 
on the. All right, yeah, you're going to get one of the. Uh, so you're not going down know. to San Diego Comic Con. No, We're going to talk down. about this later. Neither one of us are actually going to San Diego, but uh, I don't, and I don't think I don't think I'm going to get one either. Uh, but I just love the idea of them. What I'm trying to figure out is, it's a big boon for uh, Mr. Campbell in terms of you know helping promote his work, sure. and it means now that that those that great confrontations thing. It's continued to grow over what four years now. Yeah, I think it's been a while now, three years maybe something like that. And in that time, it went from he did the art; it was great. It was uh, then in gallery eighty nineteen eighty eight. Uh, then it's a book. There is a book of it. Yeah, yeah. And now little, and so it's it's kind of cool for him, but it, you know, it's not making anybody huge cash. Uh, you know, fifty times a hundred. Do the math. It's so what. I'm wondering if it's just sort of like some sort of nerd cachet or hip nerd cachet thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is the, the Chris Hardwick uh, collectible, basically. This is Yeah, like, is it the, is it, is it the, oh, what was the name of the company that's making it? I can't remember. Like, is this sort of their little, hello, you know, we're at San Diego Comic-Con. It's a good way to get your name out, right? Like with a little thing like that. As you saw, it, the minute it went up. Yeah, everybody was talking about it. Yeah, and maybe it's leading to bigger and better things. Like, um, you know, when the reaction figures first came out, I think that was Funko, wasn't it? When they first started doing those kind of like Kenner reaction figures, uh, they were super limited and very expensive, and now they're, you know, at your Barnes and Noble store. So, um, so it's it's possible that this will lead to bigger and better things for Scott if it sells well. That's true. Yeah, very true. They're now we should point out they're unofficial. They don't. They don't. I, I don't know if they say like they never say who the figures are. They're not. You can yeah. tell, and no logos and yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no Moogly. There's no, you know, text that says Ghostbusters. Doesn't say Venkman or Slimer anywhere. So it falls, you know, relatively. And at fifty, you know, at fifty editions, it's. I'm pretty sure it's fairly operating fairly safely in the gray yeah. zone, sort of thing. I mean, maybe that sort but, of falls into the gray zone that we were when we were talking about the. The beer, the goes Busters beer, you know, that it's it's limited. Yeah. By the time the lawyers file the cease and desist paperwork, it's already gone and done. So no harm, no foul. Um, yeah, maybe that's yeah. the way that it works. I've seen the way publishers work on, you know, books and games and stuff like that. And I know they have a spreadsheet wherein they plug in a number of units and, and they'll decide whether it's worth it or not to produce past a certain point because the, the spreadsheet auto, you know, it's kind of actu- actuarial where it, it goes, right, it's going to cost this much to manufacture, this much to ship, here's the overhead, here's the admin, here's the legal. So if you're like, we're going to make 100,000 copies and the, the spreadsheet goes, great, that's sold out. We're going to make 20,000 more and the spreadsheet goes, don't bother. <laughs> and I'm kind of wondering if, if like places like Sony and all that have the same thing where they just sort of go, what is it? T-shirt? How many? Couple thousand? How much? Twenty five bucks, you say, and they plug it in, and it goes. Not even worth the lawyer's time. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the for whatever the retainer is that that lawyer did that calculation in the spreadsheet. It's already cost them that much that's money. Right. Yeah, some small decision tree that has. <laughs> is, it, well, Lucas had one. We know uh, uh, Luke. It's like, <laughs> does it involve Luke and Leia having sex? No. Continue on on the flowchart as long as it never. <laughs> if, yes. Uh, send out the lawyers, no matter how much it costs. <laughs> sick the lawyers on them sick the lawyers um, on them yeah um, so, so anyway so yeah good good for scott campbell uh looking forward to hooray. seeing those and seeing who ends up being able to pick one up uh very yeah, very like, cool 
Oh, like that talented bastard needs more good. No, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, speaking of talented bastards, Katie Dippold uh, had a, a very funny interview. Um, and this was, you know what? Shoot, we didn't, what was the source of this interview? It's not in the rundown. Was it Vulture? Was it was oh, maybe it Turkey? It was a vulture. Shoot. Turkey. I'm just making up names uh, now. Yeah, something Hang like on. that. Uh, but, uh, so while you look that up, uh, she is exercise, talking... Exercise about, your inner rich hall, and I'll, uh, I'll look it up here. <laughs> well, Chris, we... Uh, so, uh, no, so she was talking about uh, molding strong female characters, uh, obviously talking about her work on on Bridesmaids and the Heat, and of course, uh, the topic of Ghostbusters came up. Um, you may have seen it because one of the sub-headlines to the article was that uh, one of the producers on Ghostbusters was one of the most awkward huggers, that they would, you know, go in for the hug and then kind of like... Uh, uh, balk on it and then kiss the cheek and whatever. It was just sort of a very awkward uh, greeting. And so they instilled that upon the character of Aaron Gilbert in Ghostbusters, that she had that same sort of like social awkwardness, that same sort of anxiety. Um, but also in the article, she talks about how she was so stressed during the release of Ghostbusters because of all of the stuff that was going on. Uh, she broke out in shingles, which I did not know until this interview either. That it, the stress and the the uh, the anguish that she was having to go through dealing with all of the the backlash, the controversy, the I'm sure all of the constant questions and comments, and every time she was out there on yeah. the press circuit, everything was just sort of piling up to the point where it had a physical effect on her body. Um, and it was at that point that she realized like, oh my God, if I am so stressed over this, that I'm breaking out into to hives or shingles that, um, this, this can't be good for me. This can't be good for my health. And so she, you know, kind of backed away and tried to, tried to isolate herself a little bit from it. But, um, yeah, very, very good interview. And she also talks a lot about the other characters and, and especially the snatched movie that she just did snatched grabbed. I think it was called snatched with uh, snatched. Goldie, Goldie Hawn and, uh, Amy, Amy Sch- Amy Schumer. No, not Amy Poehler. Yeah. Amy Schumer. Yeah. I got my Amy's mixed up. I got your, uh, the article was uh, at bustle.com. Oh, bustle. There we go. Not vulture. Bustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Have you, do you know anybody that ever got shingles? Uh, I do not. I do not. Oh. But it does not sound fun. I mean, knowing, knowing what it does to you, that's not fun. No, it's miserable. It's like, it's worse. It's worse than the childhood uh, version. Oh, my God. Wait, have you so had shingles? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Uh, relative uh, had it. Aye, aye, it's aye. Uh, well, it's it's the chickenpox virus. Just when you're older, right, right. It reactivates the chickenpox virus, and you can I don't know if it involves mutation or if it just ages over time or if it affects our body. See, the thing is, is I've met uh, friends of like I remember when I was in high school or junior high, my mom had friends. So we're talking in their late thirties, whatever my age now sort of thing. They didn't have chickenpox as kids and they caught it and it is miserable. Like Ugh. borderline life threatening when the older you get. Right. Like this is this is why it affects you more intensely. About, yeah, you're like parents are like, "You kid has chickenpox here, let me rub my child on your child." There. there. <laughs> Let's have a sleepover. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, just cuz it's everybody. Yeah. But if you have it and then later on in life as you say like illness, uh stressed or suppressed immune system, uh, or just you get progressively older, and of course all those things you know become easier and easier. Your immune system weakens and all that. Yeah, it just reactivates, mm-hmm. and it's not like blister pox like it originally is. It's 
like a really nasty, painful, painful. That's the word, painful rash. It's just uh, so it's basically the worst possible thing that could happen to you if you're already stressed out uh, it, at yeah. the height of anxiety and not sleeping. Yeah, that sounds it's awful. Self-perf- that sounds it's terrible. Self-perpetuates. And the thing is, da, 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 it's viral, meaning there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, if it was man. bacterial, you're like, here, have a cream or here, pop this pill or whatever. It's viral, ha ha. Or Katie Dippled. So uh, don't yeah, scratch it's... at it, or it won't go away. <laughs> so she, yeah, I that was miserable. I, and it takes that's a lot of stress. Like, yeah, that's a lot well, of stress. And so. I think it's uh, I, the reason I bring it up is because I think it it shows that she took a lot of this to heart. That you know that a yeah. lot of a lot of the comments a lot of people say out in the in the void of the internet uh, or you know whatever that 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 an anonymity that you think you have and you you yeah. you uh you focus it on one person and you think oh they're just they're a celebrity what do they care you know or you know whatever you're taking yeah. out a bad day on somebody well yeah it actually had an effect on her so that's, it that sucks that does, it does suck and it doesn't make any sense given we all know she was callously uh trying to destroy our childhood for money so <laughs> oh, the evil intent she had yeah well, that that almost sounds like <laughs> she really cared about the property and was doing her best Heaven so forbid, yeah. um so at any rate go go check that out at bustle a uh, v- very great interview uh and and ghostbusters is, yeah. is a very small slice of it um but also a so small it, but tasty slice there's a, a like a dozen producers on this so it's bugging me now because there's like four or five women producers so i'm now which yeah which kinda, one i kind of want to know yeah i wonder i wonder who it is because I, I know, know. there's gonna... there's ali bell who's been a longtime producer of of ivan reitman's and she doesn't strike yeah. me as the awkward hug type so um, no i don't know this, who it is this sounds like it would be one that was kind of through the conscripting paul feig and and katie dip like maybe could it be amy pascal Oh, maybe I don't see Amy Pascal Pascal as being an awkward hugger either, because she's she's very power Hollywood, you know. uh, I guess ran ran the studio. Um, Okay. Although I I have met a lot of executives that are sort of like, you go in for the handshake, and there's sort of that like, wait, are we about to hug here? Oh, okay, hi. Hey, I not, don't know you. Hug it out. We're not hugging. I'm getting the door for you. We're not there yet. <laughs> it is very Tony Stark, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah, well, let's. Uh, do you guys know? Do you think you know out there? Uh, write in. Let us know if you <laughs> if you if you think you know who the awkward hugger is. Um, <laughs> so uh, at this point, it's at this point, it's guessing. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. None of us know. None of us know. We're just gonna start hugging everybody at Ghost Corps and see what happens. Um, so uh, another uh, article that came out, Chris, that was actually very fascinating. Um, great, great article again, where Ghostbusters is like a sentence within it. Um, but physicist Janet Conrad, this is one that you pointed me toward uh, in Quantum Magazine. Um, yeah. She's she's one of the particle physicists that's working on finding the the ghost particle, so to speak. Um, so she's doing the neutrino studies, uh, kind of in that same vein of CERN and. Um, and the Hadron Collider and, and all of the work that those people are, are doing down there. Um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, but Sort of. I think she's down in uh, Alamo. Uh, where is she at there? No, not Alamo. What the hell is it called? What's the one in your... Los Alamos. She's in Los Alamos. That's the thing. Yeah, because and this is this is this is the awesome part is, uh, you can't do any of this neutrino stuff on a on a the um like a the the particle colliders. You need a giant underground cavern filled with the same fluid that dry cleaners use. (laughs) 
<laughs> I kid you not. That sounds you, very dangerous. It sounds yeah, incredibly you have, dangerous. You have to go out in the middle of nowhere. You dig down into the bedrock as far as you can. Uh, and then you fill it up with gallons and gallons and gallons of this fluid, and then you set up the sensors, and that's the only circumstances under which you can every once in a while catch this fleeting neutrino thing. And the, the punchline is, is it took them forever to devise a way to see a neutrino and then get it running and then start to see neutrinos. And she's going after the ones that are even rarer than those. Yeah. Like it's a type of neutrino that at this point is, well, for her, it's theoretical. She's, you know, they've all done the math and she's like, but it's out there and we're going to do the test. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's, they're <sighs> chasing the white whale here of, of particle physics. Uh, but very, very yeah. cool. It's, it's a great article that sort of describes, you know, why they are looking to, to seek out this, uh, mysterious, uh, atom and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so how does Ghostbusters get involved? Aside from the fact that we're talking about neutrinos or neutronas or that, you know, part, obviously particle acceleration uh, involved here. Um, she was consulted on the theoretical science of Ghostbusters and they ask her about it in the article, but then they don't follow up on what exactly she did. Uh, unless I missed it. I didn't see it in the article. They you kind of missed it. They, okay. they, it wasn't, they didn't talk about how much she may have spoken to the math. Yeah, but but for some reason, someone recommended her office uh, as reference for oh. a, a physicist's lab, and in it there she talks about they basically came in and borrowed whole swaths of book books off her shelf, and they went away and they filmed, and then they came back and they put them back exactly oh. as they found them, which she thought oh was hilarious because she's like, I have no system, I just put them wherever, <laughs> but they came. <laughs> They took pictures, they pulled them out, they brought them back, replaced them exactly as they found them. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So. I completely misread that. I, I interpreted that as because she talks about her colleague um, from MIT, Lindy Winslow, who, yeah. who says, Lindy loved my books. And I was under the impression that that meant, oh, well, Lindy was consulting on, on the movie as well and loved the writing that she had done and consulted her about the writing. I didn't, I didn't take that to mean physically liked the books that were in her office <laughs> and wanted to take them away. Yeah, it doesn't oh, fill so in the funny. It fills in the blanks for anybody that hasn't been following the production because it's just this little throwaway thing and you go, oh, that's neat. Yeah. But then if you're us, you're sitting around going, well, we know one of the yeah, people that worked on the mean? theoretical physics. How many yeah. were there? Was she them? What's going on here? Oh, how funny. Okay, so she may not have even been a consultant. They just used her office as reference and stole stuff from her for the props department. That's, oh my God, that's really <laughs> funny. Uh, but then it begs the question, where do we look in the movie to see some of her stuff? It's because it's theoretically there somewhere. So. It's, I'm sh it's gotta be, it's probably either in Aaron's Columbia office, maybe, or in the Higgins Institute lab that would be I'm, either one of those would yeah. be my guesses the higgins lab is a, a bit messy and a bit technical i suspect it's at the start of the movie in aaron's lab there yeah. or her office rather huh so now i want to go back and look yeah i mean i do remember books in the in the higgins lab yeah i don't know i'll have to take a look that yeah there that's that's really cool um so uh so check that out that's on uh quantum magazine and uh yeah. very, very worth your time again especially if you're uh, a, a science nerd and and uh want to learn more did, about this it's, it's pretty they awesome did quiz her a bit about what she thought about the movie and she she self-identified a bit with uh 
And then again, this furthers the theory that the books went to the Aaron characters that she kind of identified with the, uh, the, um, with uh, Kristen Wiig's character because she herself said that there have been times where early in her career, she's a, you know, she's a theoretical physicist. So she just sits around and, you know, thinks about the universe, but then you end up in university and they're like, you got to teach a couple of courses. She's like, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> so early on she was out there and she said, yeah, I, I know exactly what that feels like. You get your first class and you're like, how am I going to do this? In the big room, big room. You find yourself in the yeah. big empty room trying to pretend it's full of people and how you're going to talk to them. So, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, uh, very cool. Janet Conrad, uh, thank you for your book co- contributions to Ghostbusters. Um, uh, and find that neutrino, solve yeah, some stuff find, for us. Find that ghost particle for us. Frankly, uh, this dark matter thing's keeping me up at night. So <laughs> as, as dark matter and is, uh, known to do. Um, so let's talk about the uh, sci-fi wire again, another article uh, out there on the interwebs, uh, people trying to fill the interwebs with content, uh, much like uh, us here on the interdimensional cross rip. Uh, yeah. But so sci-fi wire, I was not aware that this existed until they did. So uh, has named their chosen one of the day uh, last week on Tuesday, uh, Janosch Poha from ghostbusters Two. This is their chosen character of the day. Um, and it's an article that it's kind of backhanded. Did you get that impression, Chris? Did you read that one? Uh, from start to finish it's it's a little snarky it's like this is our the best character of the day but you know he's an 80s stereotype and he's kind of xenophobic and uh you know doesn't really date that well but he's one of the best parts of ghostbusters too so there's always this sort of like lead up of well if you look at it through this lens this character is completely awful but we love him and he's endearing um i, I mean i personally love Janosch. I've always loved Janosch. Um, I'm sure poor Peter McNichol is tired of hearing about Janosch, uh, to the, to the point where, you know, I actually met him on agents of shield and I didn't, I didn't want to talk ghostbusters. I know everybody out there is like, what you didn't, you didn't even say anything, but, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to shake his hand and talk to him and he was really excited about a play that he was going to that night. So we talked about that, but, well, you don't want to be the one that goes back to your editor and says, yeah, I couldn't finish the nickel interview because he got mad at me. Because he grabbed my recorder and threw it against the soundstage wall. So uh, there's about eight pages of the book that I can't <laughs> fill. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, I mean, it's cool to see Janosch getting some love. It's also, again, it's cool. We've talked about it three weeks now here, but it's cool to see Ghostbusters 2 getting some love because... Uh, I still feel that that uh, it's the, one of the unsung episodes of Ghostbusters and it seems to get a lot of, a lot of flack. It gets a lot of guff, poor Ghostbusters too. I was a sci-fi, uh, chosen one. You were? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Not sci-fi wire, but whatever the channel was in the early days of the interweb. Yeah. It used uh, to be when, when, when places used to hand out their little awards to websites. Yeah, yeah. I was I was their you know pick of the week or whatever. Wait, pr- proton charging was. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! I had no idea. Yeah, sort so of. So wait, so this is something <laughs> that they've been doing for a long time. Then the chosen one of the day. Yeah, I don't know if they call it the chosen one, but the, it was similar. They had a they had a their ah, thing. Was that when it was Blaster? Remember when they had the the magazine that was Blaster? I don't know. This was literally the sci-fi when they call themselves sci-fi spelt. Y- at sci-fi spelled correctly. You spell yeah. it with a Y. I wonder if that's actually what this was about. Sci- I don't know. Yeah, sci-fi exactly. with a Y. 
anyway. don't know. But uh, that was one of the few few awards I ever got back in the day. Oh, that's awesome. So, well, shit. Yeah. Now I feel you bad know. about not knowing what it was. And you Yeah, know. that's fine. It don't, I mean, don't sweat it. I'm still going to. I, I don't don't treat me any different. I'm just like you guys. <laughs> Fine, Mr. If chosen you, One. Proceed, if you go Chosen look, One. It may be still possible if you go to archives.org and look for an old proton charging. It may still be there somewhere. Like the reference to it may still be. There I would somewhere. imagine. I mean, because I remember like proton charging and even in GBHQ at one point we had the like awards that we had won and it was like i was alta vista's side of the day or something yeah. like that uh you know like i said dude you felt oh, cool what? you felt like john grisham when somebody acknowledged your website yeah. out there on the internet and then there's so many websites that eh, it doesn't matter i guess the webby award it turned into the webby awards eventually. it turned into an actual award show yeah um but anyway so yeah so that's cool all right i wonder i mean I wonder if if some of those awards are still being. You think there's like the Lycos Award? You think they're still handing out the. <laughs> you said Alta Vista, and that was like you know knocked me for a loop. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was Alta Vista, Lycos, and what was the other one that I got? Well, obviously we, uh, the Crunch Awards that the guys handed out. Uh, that was pretty cool, but well, they still those, do that. Those are meaningful. Yeah, that's the, that's something that's still done. And you know, I'm sitting here looking at the plaque of the the crunch award that we here on the interdimensional crossroad received. Uh, so, you know, it's, that's, that's something that's cool that keeps on, keeps on giving, keeps on going. But, uh, you know, the, the Yahoo side of the day, not, not so much. Anymore. Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Okay. We got one more news thing and then we're going to get into our, our, uh, Ivan Reitman, IDW San Diego comic-con stuff here. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, I, so I really want to get to that. Um, so let's just do this as a quick note. Uh, Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman's oral history of meatballs is on Vanity Fair. Again, it's another in-depth article. We're talking about an in-depth article that's on the internet yep. that you need to go read. Uh, so we are merely as a service pointing you toward it. Um, but I do want to highlight one of the things that I didn't know that was in this Vanity Fair article that I, I, I really enjoyed. Um, and they do, they have uh, really lengthy interviews with uh, Reitman and Murray and everybody talks about the origins of the film. Um, but Ivan Reitman talks about how he needed help on the script because they wrote the first draft of the script in like uh, two weeks or something ridiculous. And he got the script and he really wasn't happy with it. And of course, who does he turn to but Harold Ramis, his buddy, uh, from Second City, who uh, at that point was not working a whole lot. He wasn't. He was really a struggling artist. He didn't have a whole lot of money, and he had just moved into an apartment, and he didn't have any furniture for the apartment. So uh, Ramus agreed to help him uh, with the script, kind of as a script doctor rewriter, uh, for I think it was like twelve hundred dollars, uh, seventeen hundred dollars, something ridiculous, but just enough money for him to go and buy furniture for his apartment. That's, that's how, you know, these guys were just starting out on meatballs. Um, mm. and, uh, so, I mean, very cool anecdotes, uh, like, like that one that I just mentioned to you in this article, just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's not specifically Ghostbusters related, but you know, because it is sort of the mm, precursor prototype to Ghostbusters and actually influenced quite a bit of, of what uh, the movie was that we came to know and love. It's, it's interesting to, to look at it, uh, through that perspective so check that out it's a vanity fair's oral history on meatballs and um you know what in the end it just doesn't matter
They hate this. Chris, San Diego Comic-Con, the SDCC. Never heard of it. The, the event so big that people are turning their backs on it because it's so big now. Uh, yeah. I have heard a lot of people that are like uh, Trey Parker was just on the Nerdist podcast and, and Chris asks him, uh, you know, hey, are you going down to Comic-Con? And he's like, nope, not if I don't have to. Uh, so it's because, I mean, here's the thing. Comic-Con is, if you have never been, you got to go at least once. You have to experience it because it is picture whatever conventions you have been to amped up to 11 with 11 times as many people there um, overtaking an entire city, including the convention center, the gas lamp quarter, even the, the outskirts of San Diego. Now it basically just invades San Diego. It's a huge, huge event, huge ordeal, which means that it's impossible to get a hotel or a campground or even just sleep in your car at this point. Um, but, uh, the reason we talk about it is there will be another Ghostbusters panel at Comic-Con. This is the first time by my, uh, unofficial, terrible research. Uh, this is the first time there's been a San Diego Comic-Con panel for Ghostbusters since the video game. Is that right, Chris? Do you, do you feel like that sounds right? I don't, there wasn't no. one for the new movie. Mattel. Mattel did a couple in there. Did Mattel do? But they weren't Ghostbusters specific, were they? They were like the Mattel, the Maddie Collector panel, including Masters of the Universe and Ghostbusters. Like that's true. Yes. This this is specifically um, a panel of biblical proportions. They've they've even (sighs) named it after Ghostbusters, so we know that it is Ghostbusters centric. Um, So this is happening on this Thursday, as you are probably listening to this, the week of of Monday the seventeenth. Um, math, math, math. Uh, but here's here's the here's the synopsis of the event, and then Chris, maybe you and I can sort of speculate on what exactly they're talking about here. So it says, join Ghostbusters co-creator Ivan Reitman and the IDW Ghostbusters brain trust of Eric Burnham, Dan Schoening, and Tom Waltz as they discuss the long-running, critically acclaimed, and fan-adored Ghostbusters franchise including everything from the classic original movies to the long-running comic book history at IDW Publishing, as well as future plans for major events from Ghost Corps that will add to the beloved brand's canon, bringing the different Ghostbusters worlds together like never before. Be there or be slimed. There's a few hints in there, Chris. There's a few hints. It's going strong. Kind of a weak last sentence, but anyways. <laughs> be there or be slimed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now the funny thing is uh, for the mass hysteria event that the guys uh, have posted, you know, uh, I think it's the Tampa Bay Ghostbusters uh, that sort of spearhead it. Or maybe it, I think that's a couple of the San Diego guys. So it's probably like Southland and, and SoCal Ghostbusters as well. But they throw the mass mm. hysteria event at the, uh, at the werewolf restaurant down in San Diego. And they put out Correct. a, uh, a flyer. Uh, shortly after this this announcement was made, uh, for all of their events, they're going to have their uh, on Friday is their big event at the the Werewolf Restaurant. But um, they, I think they tried to play on that last sentence, the "be there or be slimed," and then in their write up it said on Friday, um, after a long day of getting slimmed. Uh, because they put two M's for slimed, I was like, oh, that's funny. Oops. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, come join us at the werewolf for, uh, oh shoot. What was the other one that was in there that really got me Uh ghostbusters themed editables? That was it. Instead of edibles, it was editables, uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, yes. 
copy copy editing uh not one of my strong suits and and uh i think a few got through them there as well but so yeah be there be slimmed or slimed either or uh anyway tangent tangent aside so let's talk let's pick this apart chris um because you and i we as soon as this was announced we of course on twitter you and i uh instantly uh direct message each other like what is happening what is going on and then we didn't we didn't speculate. We saved it for the show to sort of talk about what we thought this announcement was going to be. So, yes. um, I mean, well, first let's talk about, yes, uh, Ghostbusters 101 is, is being critically lauded. Uh, a lot of people, including like slash film, who I mentioned earlier, uh, they, at their water cooler discussion mentioned that they are enjoying the crap out of Ghostbusters 101. And in fact, even called it the sequel that fans uh, wanted and deserved. So, you know, mm-hmm. throwing really high praise onto Ghostbusters 101. So I feel like that's part of it because this is now, it's a hot title. Uh, I think it's it's very fitting that San Diego Comic-Con acknowledges that and especially makes this an IDW-centric panel. So that's that's great. Um, but now everybody's talking about, well, Ivan's there. Why is Ivan there? And why are they talking about future plans for major events from Ghost Corps at the IDW panel? Why why do you think that is, Chris? What's What's your take on this? Well, given that Reitman was not there, he wasn't at the video game panel, was he? He I don't was think not. He was. I, Dan was supposed to be. Well, there was yeah. the video game panel that was supposed to happen that got canceled. Uh, he was but, never there for any of the Maddie Collector stuff, even though no. that was some mm-hmm. of the biggest Ghostbusters San Diego Comic-Con news going on. Sure. He wasn't there for any of 88 Mile Per Hour Comics' Ghostbusters stuff. Uh, he wasn't even there for any of the early uh, IDW Ghostbusters stuff. So, given that that uh, he is on hand at San Diego Comic Con with uh, Eric Burnham, with Dan Schoening, with the IDW, so who uh, Ryle, all of them, right? Yeah, Chris Ryle, Tom Waltz will be there. Yes, yeah. I think it's more than just a comic. Oh, really? me- meaning like the, like this is for Ectoforce maybe? Like maybe they're or turning ultimate, about on Ectoforce? No? Maybe. or Well, because remember they made references to an animated thing, but it was very vague. They're, like an animated, something separate from Ectoforce. We know Ectoforce was intended to be right, animated, right. computer animated, whatever. But then they kept talking about they're working on a script for their animated, what sounded like an animated movie. Right, which well, we, well, yeah, that is well, yeah. There was an animated movie that, as far as I know, was in the works that they've already been working on. Yeah, well, I'm kind of curious then, especially with the mention of, you know, the bringing of the universes together. If this, I think it, it feels like it's. I mean, it's one thing. I guess okay. Here it is. If it's just him showing up to say Ghostbusters one or one 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 is canon, a. Well, that's a separate issue. If I, there's some, I have some. I made of questions if if <laughs> if, if, uh, if the comic becomes canon. But B, it then okay. Let me lay it on you here. What if they revisit it? Okay, so here. Ah, okay, you, <laughs> you ready? Got this. You got this. Collect yourself. I do. Just oh god, why are we doing this at night? <laughs> I wouldn't be any clearer in the morning. Let's just be fair. Okay, so let's start with why I feel there's a problem if it's a book thing. So they've all said, this is great. We're bringing the universes together in the comic. How fun. People are, are enjoying it, etc. 
So say he comes out and says it's canon, and he is, which makes sense because he has talked about bringing the universes together, right? right? Ivan Reitman has made more than enough noise that makes it fairly clear that in order for everything to move forward, this is how they're going to solve that passing of the torch thing. They're just going to fuse the the, t- the two universes together somehow. Yeah, and off we go. Makes a certain amount of sense. Okay, great. The problem then is if he says 101 is canon, that is a complete and utter nightmare in terms of, um, well, because think of, remember, we talked about this recently, the cast of thousands out of nowhere, you know, that have built up over the years in just the Ghostbusters side. Yeah. Right? Let's just, just point out that, so you make that canon... They had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show up at one point, right? Like, let's just, I, you know what? I'll point that out and then walk away. Yeah. Nothing else has to be said at that point. Well, it could but be the, selective canon, though. I mean. Well, here's, ha stay with me. Yeah, okay. All right. It could be selective canon if it was a different product. What if you took the idea, what if you took the stylings and the writing of Ghostbusters 101, but retooled it? Hmm. in a a slightly cleaner of the movie universe's format. Does that make any sense? And and not as a comic, but as a animated movie or TV animated show movie, or something. Something or, like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Okay. There's a, lot, there's a lot to be said for it. So you can cherry pick the great stuff from the comics, both up to now and moving forward in Ghostbusters 101. Uh, answer the call timeline, pretty fresh. There's nothing, there's, it's yeah, not they don't have to worry of, too much about that. Yeah, doesn't have a lot of baggage, but the IDW stuff has built up a very large arc mm. and cast of thousands and all that. So you cherry pick it back to core team. Uh, you then in, and then you rebuild it from there. It's uh, way less expensive to animate the merging of these two teams. Sure. Uh, if people are just lending their voices or if they don't want to participate, you bring in Dave Coulier, who I've just picked randomly and I'm not, I'm not, I didn't mention him in, in, in relation to any particular actor from <laughs> Ghostbusters at all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, and the fact that, you know, one of the, th- what's one of the things we've always, uh, been bummed out about harold's gone right like how do you work egon into a movie if it's not animated it doesn't matter how badly you wanted to pass the torch along it a wheel came off the Mm. car at some point we can't put that wheel back whatever whatever the torch gets passed on to it's only can only be passed on by three of the original four unless you say have a very talented uh uh animation trained uh artist who's got how many years now seven Years worth of character study and sketches and yeah, do it in Dan's. Uh, yeah, exactly. You've got the character models already built. Yeah, character models. Yeah, is it character model? Exactly, character models that have already at least been made into statuette form for Cryptozoic's uh, board game. Uh, the art's already been accepted enough as in terms of close enough to be uh, remind people of the actors, but not have to super worry about likeness rights and to put it into the cryptozoic game, etc. cetera. Uh, and other places like didn't the, um, 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 was it cryptozoic? Yeah. The cryptozoic figures, the little, the little, um, yeah, the little mini, mini mites or whatever that, yeah, whatever they're called lifted from, you know, well not lifted from, uh, modeled after, uh, Dan's style there in a lot of cases, like, and then you've got Eric, who uh, we've mentioned time and time again, 
really has an ear for all the different character voices. Yeah, it's got the voices for for all uh, eight of them. Yeah. So what if hmm. like because Ecto Force sounded like it kind of stalled, and then they're making noise about this script they're working on, uh, for a movie. Do you know me? Like an animated well, so, movie. So I've, I've which, missed this. This is this is Eric has been saying this. Eric Burnham has been saying this animated movie no, script. Or this no, is, oh, okay. You're talking about is, the Ghost Core animated script. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about okay, uh, okay. Ivan and Dan and all that. Keep talking it. about it, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you follow Eric on Twitter, he's so mysterious about his stuff anyways. <laughs> I'm at my coffee shop working on something cool. It's like, oh, Eric, well, if you're not going to tell us what it is, just be quiet. <laughs> I, You'll never believe yeah, it. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, God, I wish, I hope that that, I hope you're right. I hope that that's actually what they're going to be, because I I had, maybe I aimed a little bit lower, but I I thought what they were going to say was, uh, you know, look, uh, Ghostbusters 101 is canon, and this is how the, because they've done it so beautifully and so seamlessly, this is how Uh the two worlds have merged. And then that way it, they can wipe their hands, walk away from it. And then in the animated movie that comes out in 2019, and then whatever the animated series is that comes out before or after at this point, who knows? Um, But then, then they don't have to worry about it. Then, you know, the first frame of the animated movie, you've got Holtzman and Egon in the lab and everybody's kind of scratching their heads like what? And then you realize, okay, I guess that these things have already merged together and then people can go back and read the comics to find out how or why. Um, I mean, I know, I know that's not, that's not the most accessible way. So you're not going to get a broad audience that quickly understands like, well, wait, why, why are Holtzman and Egon in the same? I don't understand this, but uh, I mean, to me, it also, it just, it makes a whole lot of sense so that they don't have to spend the energy and the effort to retell a story now that has already been told, uh, they can just move forward. So I, I don't yeah. know. Well, mind you, Hollywood's never been afraid of that anyways, either by borrowing some other book and turning it into a movie or taking their movie and getting Alan Dean Foster to turn it into a book, right? Like they'll, they'll retell it as many places as they think it, you know, it'll, it'll gain an audience. I, I don't think it's safe to, invite people back into theaters and it's just off to the races with the two of them together. Yeah. I, and I think I, here's the thing. This is, this is the perfect example of, we really could use an origin story. <laughs> like we don't need, you know, to hear the, and, 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 you know, round of applause for Sony and Marvel for not filling us in on Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Thank God. Origin story. One more yeah. time. Lesson learned there. We don't need to know that Superman is the last son of Krypton yet again when we do a movie. <laughs> um, but in this case, I think it, it makes a lot more sense to yeah. let the meeting of the two teams be. And as we've seen in the comic, it's rife like for, for comedic and potential. Like I think there's a lot to be said to like at the end of the day, the way it's kind of going, I don't think if you cut out all the, the cast of thousands lead in and all that, which is another fair point. It's got the young team in it too. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have kids, kids involved. And so you'd pull off a little bit of that extreme ghostbusters, you know, team of, uh, yeah, of students to kind of bring it on forward, but uh, you know, without going too far astray, I think it, in this case, it, those, like I said, the 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 issues that we have in one on one, not an entire movie's length of stuff. I think there's, yeah. I think well, they could they, expand upon that. They could exactly. They could really draw. I mean, 
Because so why not? With what we talked about in the first two issues of the comic was how fast things, or, well, how we felt that they were kind of doing a slow burn, and then all of a sudden how fast things were going. Like, there yeah. was... They spent two issues setting it up with the kids and where everybody's at in Universe A, touching base with Universe B. And it wasn't until the third issue that the, they got all together, right? Yeah. So if you kind of moved out the material of the first two and let it, you know, everything expand out a bit. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I think you, you could be right. I, well, I, and I and I and think it's completely, I think it's completely cool if that's all it is, that they say, you know what? seamless like just go yeah. for it it's it's canon but but well, yeah, ivan's I mean, there i and and you know because they've been so nebulous about like with the animated movie there have been a few articles including that one that there was like the one do you remember there was the one sentence that was like uh and and the animated movie that comes out in 2018 or whatever it was uh that will be told from a ghost's point of view do you remember that that was like yeah. Like right when they announced the the animated movie and and you and I kind of scratched our heads like what? That's what? weird. Why would you do that? So yeah. so maybe they've still been trying to find a way into the animated movie and maybe they explored several different ways including going through the ghost's point of view. Um maybe and, maybe and discovered it didn't work maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe it's Moogly. <laughs> Or maybe oh, well, maybe Moogly from the VR is uh, taking taking life. In I mean, hey, I've signed me up if it's uh, Moogly with Pat Noswalt. Pat Noswalt, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like down Flynn. with that. But but it's but same thing. I mean, it you lose intrinsically, you lose what is great about Ghostbusters because if it's from the ghost's point of view, and I don't know what the ghost would be doing, he's just walking around New York City being a ghost, or he's in the containment unit. I don't where you know what. What point of view are we seeing of the ghost? But obviously, we're not seeing the Ghostbusters trying to capture that person because then the Ghostbusters are villains. That's weird. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. So, yeah. um, my guess is maybe they've they've explored a few things, and maybe if this is right, then yeah, IDW is, has sort of presented a, a good opportunity to them where they go, well, wait, why are we trying so hard? It's right here. We've got an outline in eight issues of this comic. So, um, yeah. What if it's Slimer? Yeah, it could be Slimer. Yeah, because remember the movie the movie timeline doesn't have a Slimer, but IDW's does, and they make some vague reference that they might there might be some linkage between yeah between the Slimer yeah. of the ATC universe, which is not the lovable real Ghostbuster Slimer in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. So you know maybe you open up that oh, as a that's true as a character that's moving between the two universes before they smack together. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I because it it does seem. I, I think okay, so I think regardless, uh, at the end of one hundred and one, I think I am still under the impression that these worlds are merged. Like, and and maybe the yes. other thing that's happening at this panel is they're saying, "Hey, remember how we said IDW's." Uh, 101 was a, a an eight issue miniseries. Guess what? It's an ongoing. Like that could be what this announcement is too. Like we could be. we may be completely blowing this out of proportion, and it could just be them saying, "We've loved this so much, we want to just keep it going." Uh, so you know, starting with uh, issue nine, which will come out, and and then that's the, what their big announcement will be. Um, that's also a possibility too. But yeah, I I either way, I think this is exactly what Ivan wants. We're moving forward and. You know, yeah. even even in the uh, the Ectomobile manual that I worked on, like the what's the, that now? The <laughs> the the Ectomobile, the Inside Editions Ghostbusters Ectomobile Owners Workshop manual coming in October. 
Um, pre-order it now on Amazon. Pre-order it now. On, yes, please pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, but even in that book, uh, we sort of fudge over things like that. Everything exists in the same universe. We don't really describe what, I mean, it's an owner's manual, so it's not gonna be like, and then there was this universe. Uh, yeah. you know, it's just, here's these cars, these people, they all exist in the same universe. I think that's kind of what they're heading towards too, is it's like, yeah, it's all one, it's all one big, uh, uh, sandbox for people to play in. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm excited. And then, oh, and then this Nickelodeon thing. Did you see this today? This, uh, uh Chad Paulson at ghostbusters.net, uh, um, sent us a tweet, a, a very cryptic tweet, uh, yes. that then linked us to an Instagram that was a very, uh, cryptic Instagram, uh, from, from nerd news today. Yeah. Nerd news today. Um, saying that they've got some big news. They're apparently at a licensing or a toy insiders convention that's happening in New York city right now, uh, yeah. about an upcoming project from Nickelodeon. So, all right, wait, Nickelodeon might lend itself to an animated show, but it's, but they're talking about a product. They're at a toy. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it's like a licensing festival or maybe even just like a, a, a toy convention. Um, so I don't know that, that they're not going to be talking about an animated series there. No. Well, don't all the Nickelodeon ki- uh, kids game shows involve slime? That's, <laughs> That's what I they're want. They're finally licensing slime oh. to Nickelodeon after all of these years. Oh, a Ghostbusters. Oh, think about it. A junior Ghostbusters themed uh, kids uh, TV show. It'd be like Guts, but it's uh, Ghostbusters themed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's all coming together. What if The Void sponsors like a Nick Arcade type show <laughs> where the kids are dressed up like Ghostbusters and it No, no. Now I'm just talking crazy. There's no way that, that that's that's corporate synergy that will never happen, my friends. Never happen. Never. Um I don't know what Nickelodeon I lost track of well here A, I'm in Canada. So Nickelodeon was never quite the thing here as it was yeah, there. A little different. We'd get stuff that was syndicated up here so and have you know nickelodeon slapped on it but we didn't have the network that you hell i'm not even sure you can get it now yeah you must be by now on on cable but uh point being uh i don't know so what are they they fun they fun cartoons right yeah nickelodeon yeah i mean that well they're there's they're a studio well who oh no that was mattel Monster High was Mattel, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how they Monster High got slammed over to doing the. That was last year's thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, was the, that was a Mattel yeah. thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Nickelodeon. I mean, the only thing that would make sense about Nickelodeon is they're really doing. Well, obviously, they have a lot of properties. They've got SpongeBob, Ninja Turtles, uh, you name it. They've got a whole lot of yeah. stuff. But they're also which, kind of in a which is impossible to pick from because at one point or another, the people who make those shows, being you know our age and love ghostbusters have all made references to it. So that's well, not yeah. going to help us winnow it down. Oh my God. The, the last season of the Ninja Turtles cartoon on Nickelodeon had every episode had a ghostbusters reference. A ghostbusters seemed, reference. But, yes. Um, so. but, uh, yeah. So, but also Nickelodeon's really been doing much like Nintendo. They're trying to spark to the nostalgia of the 30 somethings that now have more liquid income. And so they're, they're sort of hearkening back to their past with, <laughs> look, you've got, uh, what do they call it? The splat, the it's, it's all of the nineties cartoons like Doug and Rugrats and, right. um, you know, they're, they're trying to make a resurgence of all of their nineties properties. So, Oh, enjoy um, that disposable income 30 something. <laughs> but so it doesn't, I mean, maybe, 
Oh, no, never mind. Now I'm, I'm down a path because I was like, well, maybe real Ghostbusters could become a part of that, but that doesn't make sense. That's That was never a Nickelodeon thing. It was always like an ABC syndicated thing. So Yeah, well, uh, yeah. nerd news today, their Instagram said, we don't know more about it. Just start getting excited. Just so get maybe, excited. Let's yeah. just take a page from, who cares? Don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. We're excited. Well, and the good I'm, news is we don't we don't have to wait long. As you guys listen to this, it's going to happen in four days. So that's right. uh, on next Monday's podcast, we're going to be talking about whatever it is. So maybe it's not oh, even yes. not even worth us trying to uh, to speculate anymore because we're going to know in in four days it's what it is. Always worth trying to fill air, but uh, <laughs> oh, we're yeah. good at that. We excel at that. <laughs> what happened last week? Where did we go wrong? I blacked out. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, as I was sitting there editing that podcast, I was like, why is this at an hour and 45 minutes? What? Oh, I guess we did have a lot to talk about. So anyway, I mean, we're, uh, we're at an hour here already. That's just what happens on our, our record Woo! sessions. But uh, so anyway, so yeah, San Diego Comic-Con, the big event is happening on Thursday. Um, obviously, all of the the uh, news outlets if you need to know exactly on the day that it happens uh, proton charging make sure that you're following chris on twitter and and uh, facebook and and uh, ghostbusters hq i'll try to get it up there as, as fast as i can too uh probably a really good bet that ghost core will live stream or simulcast or maybe even you know uh, eric uh, is, is really good about informing people uh, through ghost core so yeah. Uh, whatever whatever the photos are, whatever the announcement is, I'm sure that they'll put it up on Ghost Core's Facebook page. So check check that out. And then uh, next week, uh, you'll hear Chris and I talking about how wrong or right we were, as it may be. We, we may <laughs> if it's know. about Ghostbusters, we all win, and we were never wrong. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 Ghostbusters! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Uh, so yeah, so there it is, another another hour in the can, and I'm sure next week, depending on whatever this announcement is, uh, it's going to be another long one, possibly. Yeah. Um, but uh, one thing that we did not mention uh, that's coming up next week, and we'll we'll be sure to mention it on next week's show as well. But uh, speaking of IDW uh, Ghostbusters 101, that next issue is coming out on the 25th, so make sure that uh, you pick that up. And uh, we we will have actually an announcement on uh, the next cyclotron. What what we're gonna do for this IDW cyclotron? Uh, we're we're in the beta testing stages. We're waiting for the Disney Accelerator program to uh, pick us up and <laughs> uh, and help us out and and help us you know fund what we're trying to do for the next cyclotron. But uh, so stay tuned take, for that. Take, we want Disney to come in and help us take podcast rambling to the next level. <laughs> We, we need the technology, uh, but <laughs> here's what we need the technology for. And the reason we are telling you all about this 
there's a good chance you may be able to be involved in the next cyclotron and that's all i'll say so uh keep keep that in the back of your mind make sure that you're up to date on your your ghostbusters idw uh 101 comics and uh, we will talk about what's going to happen there soon but before that chris your final thoughts sir do you have anything uh, this week nah no, right. I do. Well, good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> and I got a lot of a lot of thumbs up on the uh, what do we want to call them? Like the off-duty gear that I was kind of babbling yeah, about oh, last yeah. time. Yeah, last week talking about the the Dickies uh, shirts or the uh, the jackets. Wait, what yeah. did you call them? The uh, it's, it could go any number of jackets. Because I argued that as long as it was it was khaki and not like overly adorned with weird pockets and stuff like that you put a patch on the shoulder and a name tag over the the left uh, breast pocket there or at least where the left breast pocket would be if it had one uh it's ghostbusters you're off to the races right at which yeah. point you could do like the 501 and throw extra patches on there i mean i know some people are building jackets to show off their franchise patches yeah well did you that, get any pi- we, we asked people for pictures did you get anybody uh sending pictures yet no, not yet. Okay. Somebody right. do that. I know they're out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of thumbs up about it. People started, like, themselves saying, oh, that's a great idea. And then hopefully they'll start putting theirs together and send in pictures. Yeah. Uh, I had one uh, gentleman, uh, I didn't write him down his Twitter name, but Adam uh, suggested it, that it would be a, a, a nerdy deep cut, but that we should all find... Uh, We'll never find it. It's it was obviously made in the <laughs> oh, early eighties. Oh, this was the yeah. LL the LL Bean the orange um, uh, flannel shirts that yeah. uh, LL Bean uh, used to sell that uh, Peter wears in Lincoln Center. Exactly. That was that was Adam. That's a long long time Crossrip listener who's who's yeah, been I very forgot, supportive. I forgot your Twitter name, yeah. Adam. But yeah. I apologize, but uh, uh, which I thought was really really cool. And then I stopped to wonder, like. Do you put patches on it, or is it an accessory to your battle jacket slash yeah, I think that's work it. shirt? It's, it's got to be over top of whatever the khaki is. Otherwise, it's yeah. you know you're just uh, it's a hunting you're jacket. A hipster, with, yeah, yeah. You're a hipster walking around in a hunting jacket. Yeah, I don't I don't dismiss the idea, and I know a lot of people have been looking for it. It's if you go to LL Bean now and search, you can find uh, one, but they've gotten some sort of. Um, reinforced uh, brown fabric on the forearms of the thing like it's not pure orange it, w- it would stand in perfectly fine if it wasn't for the fact that it had these things on the forearms uh, yeah. and they don't they don't make that anymore because nobody really like flannel is not a fashion thing eh, kind of, yeah I mean speaking of 90s resurgences I'm seeing it here in LA like are you? Yeah, well, around, around the high school in our area, everybody looks like they just stepped out of singles. I'm like, what? Are you, what? You're all in <laughs> flannel shirts with like the big baggy shorts? All right, cool. Maybe right it hasn't gone away. Well, here's the thing. I don't. Maybe it hasn't gone away, but the types of clothes that used to be made out of flannel, like an, oh, an over shirt or a work shirt, uh, has been replaced now by polar fleece. Like oh, if yeah. you're look if you're looking for something that's a you know a light jacket to keep you warm or something like that, yeah, more likely than jackets. not, it's, yeah. it's 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 a polar fleece jacket as opposed to like you know the felty flannel of old sort of thing. So, hmm. and I know people have been looking for years and can't even find 
like it's not it's never shown up on ebay like i don't even know if a thrift shop would bother to keep those those things like it's just it's an item of clothes that yeah. has just disappeared into the the you know the trash heap of eternity forever yeah but 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 that said i don't i'm not dismissing adam's idea i think if somebody I, th- I still think it's a great idea if you're out somewhere and you have a flight suit, like if your franchise is out with your flight suits, if you can find an orange cotton uh, fleece, flannel, whatever, if you can find something similar, wearing that over your flight suit immediately evokes Venkman and Lincoln yeah. Center. Yeah. But I still don't, I still don't know that it's, it's my preference for, for an off duty, off duty gear. <laughs> Like I mean, in my it's, head, it's cool. I, I'm still down with that. I think that's absolutely. Funny. Yeah. In my head, though, I still kind of see it that anything that's khaki, you throw patches on it, and it's your it do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, is it the middle of winter and snowing? If you can find a khaki parka and throw a name tag and a patch on it, you're done. There's the Ghostbuster. There's the. It's like the Batman action figures of the '80s. Polar Ghostbuster. Yeah. Antarctic Ghostbuster. Yeah. Sahara Ghostbuster. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always wanted one of those orange jackets. I've Super always laser one. Ghostbuster. What? Super laser. Yeah. Jet yeah, wing Ghostbuster. Yeah. Invisible <laughs> armor Ghostbuster. Glow in the dark. Glow oh, the wait, dark they ghost. tried to do that. They did those. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Adam, Adam has put it in my head. Like, like, thanks a lot, Adam. Now I have to buy an orange jacket. You got to get one of those. I wish that L.L. Bean still... I mean, here's here's what I think happened. And I know... I mean, this is demeaning to the costume designer, uh, Theona. Uh, but um, I feel like Bill Murray, on the day that they were filming at Lincoln Center, he was in the trailer and he's like, hey, it's kind of cold outside. Can I have a jacket? And they like put one of the... Because when you're on a production, they have like... Yeah. They're usually like scuba jackets or something that just are completely bonkers you know don't make yeah. any sense for the and i bet they put a jacket on bill murray and then when he got in front of the camera and he was blocking out the scene he was wearing the jacket and then he just never took it off i'm sure it was just like i agree i think uh, there's also an argument to be made that that, that was his or <laughs> yeah he just or, wore it yeah. that day he wanted which to put that e- on and yeah which would explain why we only saw it in that one scene and never, never again. again yeah so um, uh, anyway yeah. the the oral history of the orange LL Bean jacket uh, coming soon to the crossroad. That might be the last thing. If anybody feels clever, clever out there with a sewing machine, you could probably sew one up. Yeah. And there if you have panels. that talent, make me one while you're at it. That's because true. I yeah. want Start taking one. orders. Set up the <laughs> Etsy store and away you exactly. go. Um, well, send send in those photos, everybody. Uh, we want to see the the battle jackets, the the dicky shirts, the whatever whatever your uh, off duty ghost busting equipment uh, looks like. Uh, send send that uh, Chris in my way because we want to see what you guys are putting together, and then maybe we can adopt uh, something that's you know like the the uniform, the off duty uniform, where you go into right. a coffee shop and you see somebody wearing one, and you just know you're like we'll yeah. Set up a- you're one of 20, us. 2018 Ghostbuster Haute Couture. <laughs> yes, yes, Ghostbusters Couture, exactly. Um, all right, well, uh, until next week, where, where we will talk about all of the San Diego Comic-Con news announcements, fun stuff, whatever happens that is fit to print, uh, we will be back on Monday to talk about that. Until then, we will see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, you could be one of my 
Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird.